Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians, the third chapter, the 14th through the 21st verse. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of the glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work with us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. We are continuing our systematic study of the letter of Ephesians. The last time we explored the first 13 verses of the second chapter uh, where we um, read uh, Paul as he wrote, for this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. See, as we shared last time, the first verse of uh, this chapter was interrupted with a parenthetical second through the 13th verses, uh, but Paul connects the reason for his imprisonment with his preaching to those he was writing. As I continue to share with you all and speak to me, it's easy to see uh, the path once we're through the force. But when you're in the middle of the force, when you're in the middle of whatever it is God has you in, it is so hard to, 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 to see where this is leading. See, so Paul, Paul connects his imprisonment with those he's preaching to. I don't know about you, but maybe, see, as, as I was sharing, uh, uh, as the men's ministry was meeting, and I so thank God for the Watson family, but the uh, for the men who missed uh, on yesterday, you really missed something. You really missed something. And so we want to repeat that. We actually want to repeat that, uh, that video for the next time. But um, as one person who was in prison said, and it's trite, uh, but it, it, it is really true when someone who's actually in prison says that, uh, you know, those are, there are those that are free so to speak, but are definitely incarcerated in their spirit and in their mind, in their soul. And then you have those that are incarcerated, and they are as free as birds. Uh, they, they, they are just free. And so this, this, this man who was uh, sentenced for crimes, he does not dispute, does not, it's like, I did the crime, I must do the time. I'm not looking for any uh, pass in that way. Uh, yeah, I could, I could share a hard luck story, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but what he did say is, now I can connect those dots. 
I can see that it was necessary for me to go through these things. So ultimately, I'm in prison and ministering to other men in prison. And had I not gone this way, I know, well, you're saying, well, that's, that's a tough break for those that, uh, uh, you know, that were, were, the crime was perpetrated on. I understand that. And I don't understand the, the, all the, the, the nooks and crannies, if you will, of God's sovereignty. But as we go through life, as we go through life, it's easy, to, it's easy to look back and say, well, you know, this happened for this reason, this happened for this reason, and, 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 and I see it all lining up. But when you're in the middle of it, it is so hard. It, it is so hard. And that's why I appreciate Paul as he, 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 goes, he goes right there. He doesn't, make any, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't mess around. He just says, uh, uh, the reason I am a prisoner uh, right now is because it's for you. It, it's for you. See, again, as we is, and I didn't mean to spend this much time on this, but the reason a lot of us are where we're at, be it physically, uh, in our neighborhoods, or in our jobs, or in, 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 in relationships, or whatever, it's, it's, it's so God could use you to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So instead of us constantly, Lord, deliver me from this situation, rescue me from this situation. And he's like, look, can you, can you just be patient? Can you just stand still and allow me to work through you? You know, I know we like to think that it's all about us. We like, you know, the, the world revolves around me, right? You know, it's like nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Well, you know, I need this. I need this. I need, it's like, wait a minute. Your box has been checked spiritually. You are born again. God has already, he's, he's, he, your, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Everything else is gravy. What are you worried about? What are you concerned about if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Now, what we need to worry about is all the names that aren't in that book right now. Those, those, those are the folks that we need to, to turn our focus on. So it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's again, as I keep saying, it's not to have that scowl with a, to, on that person who's got that 11 items in that 10-item line. It's just like, you know, you show the love of Christ because their name may just may not be in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you may be that, that, that person at the point uh, that God wants, you, wants to introduce the gospel to. So, so Paul connects that. And he says the reason for his imprisonment was preaching to those he's writing to. Imprisoned, on the path, not to inconvenience, on the path to death. He's getting ready to die. I know, we're all in the process. No, no, he's real, seriously, he's getting ready to lose his, he, literally, his neck is getting, getting ready to uh, be chopped off. Why? Because he continued to reach out to those that folks didn't want you to reach out to. You're, you're, you're putting yourself in a position to be hurt, to be abused, to, 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 be, to suffer persecution. I know that's, it's, that's, not, that's not sexy. That's not what, that's, that's not what a lot of uh, ministry uh, perpetrates. Well, if you just give your life to Christ, it's good, it's gonna, you're going to have a flowery bed of ease. You know, the kids will obey themselves. You know, you'll have harmony with your spouse. You know, your neighbors won't park in front of your house. You know, you'll, you'll just, it'll, it'll be all perfect. And nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. So, so, so he diverges. And he begins to explain the significance of what he's laid out. Everything, uh, everything that he's laid out on the line 
for God. He said, in just, so he says, the, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ, in, promise in Christ Jesus. Twelve verses, four times he uses mystery, three times grace. So what he's attempting to say is that God has brought together two groups that couldn't be more different. Two groups that couldn't be more different in terms of their promise and their purpose. Two groups, Gentiles and Jews. Those that had promise, those that had no promise. Well, fast forward 2,000 years. Those of us that are with our names in the Lamb's Book of Life and those that aren't. And he's, and he's saying, God is bringing these folks together for a reason. I so love City Church for a lot of reasons. Not only is this a fulfillment of, of God's vision for this community, but in this community, you have folks sitting together, shoulder to shoulders, seat to seat, that couldn't be more different in every sense of the word. You don't have, see, this is, this is, this is a tee up for heaven, if you didn't know. See, because heaven isn't going to be with the folks that you roll with all the time the people that you might feel comfortable with all the time. See, see this, this is an opportunity for us to, to dial deep into the lives of one another and to bear one another's burdens. So in terms of the, the promise and the purpose uh, God has created, as we said in the, in the words of old Sister Sledge, well, one big happy family. We've got one big happy family in Christ. So God's power and control is so absolute uh, his purpose is so absolute that Paul is able to conclude, uh, as he did in the 13th verse, therefore, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. Don't be, don't be discouraged. Don't, 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 don't hang your head. Don't cry. Don't, don't, don't be sad. Don't, don't, don't be scared even. But, but, but this is all for God's glory. Whatever you're going through, not, not the stuff that you've caused, the stuff that God has brought into your life for his glory, for his purpose, uh, he's saying, don't be discouraged on that case. So we want to begin in the 14th verse this, this afternoon. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So having established the case for God's grace, and mystery, and absolute control, he now explains, this is the reason why I kneel before God. He goes on to add that God is the author of every name in heaven and in earth. See, what is it? He's the author of every name. Uh, uh, what, is, what does that mean? Well, in Hebrew tradition, for God to give creatures their name is not merely just to provide them a label like we do. Oh, I, you know, we pick any name. It's like, no, no, the words meant something. So if I named you, it was a reflection of who you were or what your purpose would be. And so for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family, in heaven, in earth, wherever. That, see, God establishes the purpose. I'm going to name you. I, 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 get, I, I get excited about things, not because I'm follically challenged, but I, I am excited when, when I read scripture that says uh, uh, the very number of hairs on your head is counted. See, 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 
what that means is, is that he knows the itty-bitty details about what's going on in your life. If I bothered to count the number of hairs on your head, you know I'm going to name you. And if I'm naming you, I'm not just going to call you Mark or Gail or Tanisha or Pamela or Barbara. I'm not just, just throwing out names. I am naming you in a spiritual way because there is a purpose and a point for you. You're not just here. I know. I just, my, my, my job is here to, you know, I don't know why I was born. Uh, I'm just here to, you know, 70 years, kind of flop around, do the best I can, eke out the best relationship I can. No, no, you were created. See, this is, this is, this is, this is really mind-blowing. You were created specifically for a purpose that ultimately will glorify God. Amen. And it's not just a matter of, oh, well, you know, it's, uh, uh, my glorification of God is just ancillary. It's an addition to, to my regular life, my, my regular eight to five. You know, I, I, I work here and, uh, yeah, you know, no, 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 no. You just flip the script. Flip everything. Turn everything on its head and, and look at it from the prism of God created you for specific glorification purpose. And oh, by the way, you're, you're an accountant or you're an educator or you're an engineer or you're this or that. It's like, that's, that's not, see, your, your vocation is not your purpose. Your purpose is to glorify God. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, you could do it in any number of ways. Have you asked? Have you petitioned? Have you sought him? Have you kneeled before him to the point to actually understand and grasp, what are you asking me for? What are you asking me to do? What are you asking of me? See, a lot of times, see, that's, that's why a lot of us go from job to job to job, to relationship to relationship to relationship. We're trying to find ourselves. We're trying to find something. And in the meantime, all we do is just find mess because wherever we go, we're there. And so it's, 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 you're not, you're not going to find uh, a solution when you're the problem. You, you, it, it's, it's impossible. He's named us. He's named us. He's named us. He knows us. He creates and he establishes. And he provides detail, so now Paul provides detail for what he's praying for. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know, his, know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God's. Incredible prayer. Paul's prayer is that they are strengthened by the Spirit of God so that their faith is sufficiently increased so that they understand and grasp, comprehend, apprehend, own the magnitude of God's love. What's your point? Well, my point is it's possible to understand something but really not make it your own. You can understand something. You can, you can really understand something in, a, in an intellectual way but really not make it yours. See, if I say that, uh, you know what, uh, 
I've got a million dollars in a, in a bank account for you. If you don't believe that, and if you don't try and draw on that, you don't believe, you, 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 you won't, you won't uh, apprehend that in a way that makes it your own. Then it just because, oh yeah, well, yeah, Mark told me that there's a million dollars in my name. So have you drawn on that? No. Why not? I don't know. Well, that makes no sense. Particularly if you're living in a situation where you could benefit from the money. So, so spiritually, if, 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 uh, if I share with you uh, that you have all of these blessings, all of, all of this, this, this blessing in God, and you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. And as we, as we flounder and flop like fish on dry land, just flopping around, just trying to, trying to find ourselves, and it's like, you know, there's water right over there, and life would be a whole lot better if you were in water and you're a fish. It would be a whole lot better for you. Oh, I know. I, yeah, I know. Well, don't you want to be well? Don't you want to be made whole? Uh, well, you know, you know, I, you know. No, no. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Uh, it's not just a rhetorical question. It's a question that we need to ask and answer for ourselves. Because otherwise, we'll figure out something. You know, again, there's a way that seems right to us. See, that, 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 that it just seems like, well, you know, if this is the problem, then I should do this, this, and this. And then you find it to be a dead end or not be a solution to your problem. And then something else will come along, and you'll approach it the same way. And then you'll get frustrated, and then something else will come along. And you'll approach it a similar way, and you just continue. And then after a while, you're just like, you know what? I give up. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? See, that's, that's a question that we need to ask and answer and apprehend, comprehend and apprehend for ourselves. See, but Paul is writing that just as God is love and we are in Christ, his prayer is that we operate from the absolute fullest base of knowledge possible and that we grasp the love of God. And again, as I keep sharing with many, one of the biggest challenges we have is a lack of love for ourselves. That we, we really don't love ourselves. Now, we will say, oh, I love me, you know, but we'll behave in ways that really don't demonstrate that you really love yourself. I've seen too many dysfunctional relationships. I've seen them. Not to, not, it's like it's very dysfunctional. Well, uh, you know, you love, it's like we need, to, we need to understand, truly understand what love is. And that's why Paul writes, the, the, I want you to understand the breadth, the depth, the, the height, the magnitude of God's love. Because if you understand what love is and how much you are love, then you'll know the, the real from the fake. See, as I, as I shared before, you know, those that are tasked with finding uh, fraudulent bills, they, they don't study the phony, they study the real. So when the phony comes along, it's like, I don't need you to look at that. I know that's fake because I know the real so much. I, I, know, I know what's real. Self-worth. So having prayed, Paul now concludes the first half of this letter, this incredible letter, with a short poetic hymn of praise, uh, uh, what we call a doxology. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him 
be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I, I, I'm closing. Now as never before, people want to know the real deal. That is, are you what you say you are? Uh, you know, I so appreciate, I, I, I won't call, call the person out, I, he, brother's a faithful brother, uh, but when he first came, um, one of the things he shared with me later, he's like, I, you're saying all the right things, but I'm not, I, I'm not quite there. I, I, I'm not quite there, I, you know, because I've seen the, the fake so much that you'll excuse me, but I'm a little... Uh, uh, jaundice. I'm a little suspect that when someone preaches the gospel, that it really is the gospel, and they're they're representing the gospel. Uh, surely there's something there's something you know you're gonna you're gonna hit me with a rabbit punch or something like that. People want the real deal. They they want in relationships, uh, in jobs, in in whatever. Give me the real. Don't, 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 don't give me, don't say one thing and do another. Don't say one thing, don't pretend to be one thing, and in actuality, you're something else. So Paul has to lay out for three chapters, for half of the letter, he has to lay out uh, uh, in, in lawyer-like detail God's resume, so to speak. So he presents his glory, his unity, and his mystery because he's going to, in the next three chapters, say, okay, now that you understand who you are and whose you are, now we can, we can have context with which to share things like husband and wives, submit yourselves to one another. Because unless until you, you, you've, you've dealt with all the other stuff, that just, it's like submit yourself to one another. You've lost your mind. You, you, you have lost your God-given mind. There was just, no, no, I'm my own woman, I'm my own man. I'm not submitting to anybody. Put on the whole armor of God. For what? For what purpose? See, see but you need all of this information in order to get to that point. So what Paul is trying to make plain is that you can trust God. Why? Because he is trustworthy. He is worthy of your trust. No matter what's going on, know that he's able. So what do you mean, he's, he's able? Well, he said he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Nothing against Hyundais. Nothing against uh, the Nissans or anything like that. Nothing against that. But if, if, if when it comes to vehicles, if I'm going to imagine, I'm going to imagine Ferraris and Maseratis. I'm going to, see, see so, so this is more than hyperbole. This is what Paul is saying. Just think about what is that one thing you would want in your life right now? Right now, if, 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 if I gave you a piece of paper and I said, write down the one thing that if God were, were here, and he is, you ask him, God, I want this. Whatever that is, how, whatever, however over the top it is, he is capable of doing that and more. That's just, that's just... Is that all you asked for? Is that all you want? You, a job? Seriously, I'm God, and, you, and you're asking for a job? A job. Uh, 
I'm God. You're asking for healing? I'm God. I speak stuff into existence. You're asking for healing? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, my, my, my finances are a little low. Is that all? Cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Is, is, is that all you, is that, is that seriously? Seriously. See, instead of looking at God as an ATM machine, look at God for God. Don't look at, well, you know, it's like, here, let me, again, let me see, okay, the menu, okay, I, I want a burger, onions, no, no, hold the onions, medium well, fries, extra crisp, uh, can you get it here in 30 minutes? That's what bellhops do. That's room service. God is saying, I could do all of that, but that's not the relationship I'm trying to establish with you. You don't want me for room service. You want me for relationship. If you get, see, and that's the thing that is my kids already know, you know, that, that my kids already know. It's like, if you get daddy's heart, then you got his wallet. You know, you, 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 you just, and even know, and even when I know I'm getting punked, I know I am. Okay, that's the setup call. I'll get a call a week from now to actually get the ask. But right now it's just, Dad, how are you doing? I know that. I know the game. But if you have a relationship, they're like, okay, how much do you need? Okay, all right, no problem, no problem. Oh, I'll pay you back. Forget it. Whatever. Uh, you know, it's like I already know. It's like it, it ain't coming. But that's the relationship times infinity plus one that we have with God. So he's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Well, Jude said he is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless. Hebrews said he is able to completely save those that come to God through Christ. And I like what Paul wrote to the church in Rome. He is able to do what he promises. If God says something, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I like what uh, the prophet said, and the prophet Isaiah said in the 59th chapter, he asked, God's arms are not too short, and he's not hard of hearing. He can reach and he can hear. God can reach and he can hear. God can reach and he can hear. Too often we're not talking. We're, 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 not, we're not communicating. We're, we're, we're saying words, but we're truly not communicating with God. And he's saying he can reach and he can hear. He can reach you wherever you're at, and he hears what you're saying. He, he can reach you right where you're at, right where you're at. Well, you don't know this, you don't know this situation is going on in my life, and this situation is going on. He can hear. He can reach. He will do what he promises. Are we in relationship with him? Are we in relationship with him? Let's pray.